What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. Uh, still, just hours after the Bucks destroyed the Bulls, which again, if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, is a nice feeling. And now we're looking ahead to a game tomorrow. But there's plenty to, to discuss in the meantime. We're going to get into Bobby Portis, unselfish Bobby Portis. Uh, we're going to dive a little bit more into the playoff rotation. We briefly brought it up yesterday, but I want to go back to last year's playoff rotation and compare and then try and figure out what Mike Budenholzer is going to do with this team. And also there's some Kyrie Irving news, which I guess we have to touch on because it is going to be relevant to the Milwaukee Bucks and the rest of the Eastern Conference. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Monday to Friday and farmer work over at ESPN and joining me as she does once a week Camille Davis part of the lockdown family but also from the technical foul podcast and Camille uh, you were just saying that you were recording the latest episode of the technical foul podcast which we should uh, which everyone should go and listen to uh, while the Bucks and Bulls game was going on and my question to you is Will you just if, if when I go and listen to this podcast, when I get around to listening to it, is it is it just you cheering? Is it you in the best mood of all time? What does this podcast sound like? So we've had games before where we actually had the game like on in the studio while we record it, and we learned very quickly that we do not do you a good product talk. when that is the case. <laughs> no, because you you want to watch the game at that point. So I tried to avoid the game for a while until um, my husband texts me and he goes, the Bulls fans are back at five serve again. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, let me just put the game in the corner of my phone here so I can keep an eye on things as they're unfolding. And um, I just kind of kept checking the score every so often and going back. So hopefully as you're listening to the show, outside of the part where we discuss the fact that Bulls fans were at five serve, um, there isn't too much more I say about it in real time. So I think, I think we did a pretty good job covering up that we were keeping our eye on the game at the same time. All right, that's well done. And uh, it's also well done by all the listeners that make Lockdown Bucks their first listen of every day, whether it's on the audio podcast, whether it's on YouTube. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And we know uh, that people are coming back to the... Po- Look, I don't blame people early in the regular season. People are getting over the championship. They can't... Maybe they don't want to listen to the podcast every day, but we know that people are coming back, particularly over the last few weeks. It's been... A big few weeks for us as we get towards the postseason. So we appreciate that. Uh, we also appreciate Bobby Portis. And look, this is something that we discussed for a few weeks. And it was one of those things that I wasn't sure when it was going to happen or how the Bucks were going to approach this. And a big part of the uncertainty was probably purely just through wondering what Brooke Lopez was going to look like when he came back into this lineup. The game that Giannis missed, Probably made it an easier transition. You have Giannis out, Brook Lopez slips back into the starting lineup. And once he's in there, you did kind of get the sense that he wasn't going to go back to the bench. But Bobby Porter spoke about this pregame. He spoke about this postgame. And I would have to imagine, and I, I don't I don't know, but this is just to me the the human reaction, Camille, that there would have to be some pride or there would have to be some part of Bobby Portis that wants to be starting. But 
uh, he, as he has since he walked in the door in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. continues to be the ultimate teammate. He's been very open about it. He said, look, Brooks, the start. I was just covering his spot. I told coach I'll do whatever I did. We know he's still going to play a major role on this team. But for the season he's had, and it's been a career best season for him, he's been unbelievable, particularly offensively. And we have to give him credit for the way that he battles. You can never accuse yeah. him of not trying on defense. He might not be Brook Lopez, but he's always trying. But I just thought we should show some love to Bobby Portis going back to the bench yesterday. And again, as you know, publicly around the team, it's no surprise why they all absolutely love him. Couldn't agree more with that. I think something um, that I hope doesn't get taken for granted is that this is also Bobby's second year here with Milwaukee. He's already a champion. Like he's a champion at this point. And I think once you have those credentials and he had to deal with some of that last year, like not playing in the Brooklyn series, coming back, being a crucial part for the Atlanta series, playing in the finals against the Suns. So he understood then like there is sacrifice that needs to happen from time to time to be a team player, to do what's best for the team. And I'm going to play my role as best as possible. Bobby had a lot of options this summer to go, you know, where he wanted, chase a bigger bag if he wanted to. We've seen the NFL, everybody's chasing a bag in the NFL right now, but Bobby had a chance to do that, uh, decided to come back to Milwaukee. He said it was a good fit for him, feels comfortable here. His mom likes it, likes him here. Um, so he came into the season, you know, thinking like, maybe I could be sixth man of the year. That got thrown out the window because no one foresaw that Brooke Lopez was going to play the opening night game and then miss like the next five months or however long it was from October to now. So Bobby stepping into that position, he had to adjust how he even thought about how he's going to play the game. He had to adjust how he was playing the game, being the nominal center out there while Giannis is on the court too. So Bobby's been doing a lot of adjusting already over the last, you know, two seasons with the Bucks, And this as weird as it sounds like, yes, I'm sure he wants to start. That's a goal. But when you came into a season with a certain mindset, thinking like, I'm, I'm going to be six man of the year, I'm ready to cook this up, and it doesn't go that way, um, you can take the momentum you were able to build as a starter during that time and apply it now back to your minutes coming off the bench. Because although he might not be starting, I think Bobby understands that he is a crucial part of this team. He's a key part of this team, and he's important. And I think that knowing that you're important and knowing what you can bring to the table goes a long way as well. So it seems that, you know, Bobby's words and actions are in alignment. As you mentioned, the team and everybody around him appreciates him. So him feeling, you know, that he's important, I think goes a long way. And I am so glad to see, you know, Bobby coming back off the bench because our bench production has just been, has not been great. So seeing him go back there helps the team in a whole different way. Um, and he likes to be helpful. So I'm sure that he'll be able to to make this adjustment. Yeah, I think it's always interesting when you get the chance to talk to these guys or, or really any athlete in any sport. Like what is the value for certain players, whether it's playing for a team that might not win as much, but you get to maybe it's a few more minutes per game. It's probably definitely more shots, for instance. Like Bobby Porter's right. could average 20 points a game for a number of teams in this league. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but as you said, he's been here one year won a championship this year. He's in a really good spot to do it again. That's why I keep on telling myself that uh, Bobby Portis probably won't be back because I do think that he deserves to get paid. And yeah. I I certainly would never begrudge him for going to get money. And I would assume that most Bucks fans wouldn't. He did uh, everything and more that you could have even imagined uh, when he first signed when the Bucks, there's no doubt about that. But then again, you never know. Maybe he does look at the situation and say, well, it's actually not going to get better for me anywhere else than playing alongside Giannis, playing alongside these guys. I'm in a city that does love me. So I think it's going to be really fascinating to see 
what happens with him uh, towards the, the back end of this season. And there's a number of guys that there'll be uh, some decisions that they will have to make. But I think the key point is that he's obviously going to play, but Brook Lopez back into the starting lineup still was nice to see. And we rattled off some of the numbers last night, 34 points in the paint for the Bulls, which is interesting. I was just going through it today. So the Bulls aren't exactly a juggernaut when it comes to scoring in the paint. We know they... Yeah, particularly with Vucevic and DeRozan and Levine. Those guys can get to the free throw line, particularly Levine and DeRozan. But uh, for the most part, they're happy to shoot jump shots. So the Bulls are actually yeah. 21st in the league for points in the paint uh, so far this season. Uh, but for the Bucs, they've, you know, and this is the interesting thing, and this is where we have to obviously acknowledge everything that Giannis and Drew Holiday do defensively, but also the fact that Bobby Portis alongside the starters when the five guys have played together, it's still been a pretty dominant unit. Mm-hmm. They're actually still fourth in the league for opposition points in the paint at 43.2 on the season. So it, it hasn't been disastrous, even though there's been challenges defensively uh, throughout the season. But nonetheless, uh, they did look last night like a team. And we speak all the time. And I don't like saying flip the switch. And I understand why people get a little you know, annoyed about that term because I think that you're asking for trouble if that's what you actually believe. I don't think the Bucks go into games thinking that they can flip the switch, but they have gears. There's no doubt about that, that they have gears. And when there's a game that they want to prove a point or make a statement, I think last night was one of them, they just look different. And it's the most basic thing. But you look at this team defend and you're like, holy shit. Because I think that, yes, there was Brooke Lopez, but it was everyone last night that they said, okay, let's win this game. Let's prove a point, and they did. Yeah, and you and you love to see it. And I feel like we don't want to call it a switch, like you said, but I feel like since All Star break, this team has been playing at a different level than they were before the break. I think they started to realize, like, okay, now you know, playtime is over for the most part. We were try, we try and get better every day, like Giannis says, and now we know what we're gearing up for. And you can see them taking it seriously as well. One thing I've really been loving to see is Drew Holiday and the way that he's been able to play. You've highlighted the fourth quarters for the last few weeks now. Last night was another example of like just Drew can really do a lot for your team. And seeing him operate without Chris was interesting to me. On the broadcast, they mentioned like like you you see what Drew can do. And a lot of times he defers to Chris or he'll defer to Giannis because, you know, he has this other star power out there. But like Drew can do it on his own. It was funny we hit that uh that shot over the backboard again where I'm like, I don't know how he keeps doing this. And uh my husband was like, he did it again. I was like, oh, he did it like earlier this week. And then they showed like four times throughout this. I was like, oh, not that time. I was talking about the other time he did yeah, it. Yeah, nope, yeah. nope, not that time, the other time. So um seeing him like flip that switch has been really impressive. Seeing what Javon Carter's been able to bring to the table, completely unexpected with this team um Nets fans were were sad to see Bembry leave and we're happy to throw Carter out the door unfortunately you know Bembry got hurt so we haven't been able to see him too much but Carter has been making the most of his opportunities if he's open and he's shooting it he's knocking it down at a higher clip with us than he did with the Nets I'm not sure what it is exactly about the fit that he has here with us and makes him feel so much comfortable um but the play he's been having is outstanding when you can throw out a lineup where you have Carter and and Wes and Drew and Giannis and Brooke. Like there's so many different defensive combinations you can throw out there. But at the same time, you're not necessarily losing a lot of offense by doing that at the same time. Because yeah, the Giannis defensive player of the year, he can also give you 30 a night. Drew, <laughs> Drew can give you like 18, you know, when Chris is out there, 
He can give you 20. Brooks going to knock down his open shots. Carter's going to play within himself. West is going to take the open shots. You throw Pat Connaughton out there. He's going to play his role, do his job. But I'm starting to get excited seeing this team healthy and seeing some different combinations that we might be able to do. Seeing Grayson Allen even being able to finish around the rim more consistently. I'm like, this could be big come the playoffs because, of course, they're going to close out hard on him when he's shooting a three because everyone knows he's a shooter. But if he can also finish at a high clip, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do wonders for what he's able to offer on that game. Now, defensively, he tries, uh, but he might be someone who gets attacked. But overall, like this team, you can see them really coming together. They're getting healthy. They're getting used to playing with each other. Sergi Baca's out there tussling with folks and, and bringing that energy <laughs> to the table. So um, honestly, like I look at the East, I see all the different teams here. I see, you know, a lot of comp here. It's a lot of comp, but I feel really good about the Bucks' chances against anybody in the East. Well, I think when you talk about the defense as well and making late season additions, again, not the same type of player, but we looked at it last year and obviously they brought in PJ Tucker, which was great. That was a late season addition that you thought could help the defense. This year, there has been Javon Carter, there's been Sergio Barker, and of course, Brooke Lopez, who is an addition. He hasn't been there yeah. all season long. So you're like, okay, there's three guys that can defend. And you think potentially could play in a playoff series. So it's crazy. Not often you get to add uh, a number of players like they have so far this season. And I think with Brooke in the lineup, there was just the familiarity uh, with the guys because it did, they, they've they played with each other for a number of years. So everyone's feeling familiar. And uh, uh, our next sponsor, True Bill, I feel familiar with what these guys are doing because uh, did you know, or do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you don't let greedy corporations pocket your money download true bill to take control of your subscriptions and i just want to say uh, literally yesterday i was scrolling through my bank and people should do this more often actually and see what you're subscribed to i just got like a yearly fee from a gym in milwaukee and by the way i hate the gym i hate the gym i don't even like the gym like to me i don't I, I don't see any value in going to the gym i understand you want to be healthy i prefer to be outside but when i was in milwaukee it's freezing cold in the winter so i went to the gym because i couldn't be outside Anyway, I canceled my membership or paused at whatever I did when I left. I thought I was coming back to Milwaukee. But apparently, I'm still subject to the yearly maintenance fees. I don't even live in the damn country anymore. So I had to uh, take care of that. But if I was with True Bill, I wouldn't have to worry about it. On average, people save up to 720 bucks per year with True Bill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. True Bill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and True Bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And True Bill Concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. So don't fall for these scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on MBA. It could save you thousands a year. Uh, and now we have a new sponsor on board. I'm sure everyone's heard about it. NBA Top Shot. Now, NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a community of hundreds of thousands of NBA fans as natural progression of fantasy sports, a way to upgrade your experience as an NBA fan. This is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like. It's part trading cards. Uh, unlike trading cards, though, these aren't still images on the cardboard. On cardboard, These are officially licensed NFTs of the greatest moments from NBA history. You could get a Giannis dunk, a Giannis block, something like that. And if you do, uh, you could probably make some money on it. It's akin to the stock market for NBA. Every day, millions of dollars worth of NFTs are traded back and forth between tens and thousands of NBA fans around the world. Investors include Michael Jordan and Kevin Durant, not to mention Will Smith. 
There are also a lot of NBA players in the community like Tyrese Alliburton, Cole Anthony, Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes, I should say. And I hear people ask all the time, why would I buy a highlight when I can watch it on YouTube for free? It's not just about watching a highlight. It's about having an ownership stake in what's akin to a stock market for the NBA's greatest highlights. So you should go check out NBA Top Shot. If you sign up for Top Shot today, the best way to start is by getting yourself a starter pack. You can pull an NFT of a superstar like LeBron or KD or Giannis or star rookies like Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley for nine bucks. And if you didn't pull your favorite player from the starter pack, you can stake moments from the marketplace that appeal to you. So that's NBA Top Shot. Go check it out. All right. Make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast as well. Uh, that will keep you up to date with everything that happened in the NBA the night before. So uh, the Locked On Now podcast, good value. I'm sure I was on there today talking about the Bucks and uh, the Bulls last night. Uh, let's get back to the rotation. Now, we discussed this a little bit last night. We got some good feedback in the YouTube comments. People were throwing out uh, their ideas or guys that they think should could play. And we know what the battles are going to be. Probably Javon Carter, George Hill, maybe Serge Barker, Bobby Portis, even though I think Bobby is, is going to play. But that's that's kind of what we're looking at here. I just thought it was interesting to go back to last year's playoff rotation. So this is this is what's interesting because a few of the comments have said, well, it's Bud. He's going to play a bunch of guys. And this is actually one of the, the misconceptions, I think, with Bud is that he plays a whole bunch of guys in the postseason. Now, again, if we go back to the bubble, I know that that was probably the tipping point where yeah. it's like, okay, play Giannis a little bit more. And I understand why people got frustrated uh, by that whole scenario. But if we go back to 2018-19, Bud was basically playing six guys against Toronto. Last year, he didn't really mess around, even though you could probably argue he could have played some guys more uh, early in the first round. But look, Bud does ease into playoff series. We'll say that. Uh, maybe that's why it's not best for this team to have home court advantage, but we'll see. But if you look at the rotation from last year, Chris Milton averaged 40 minutes per game. Drew was at 39.6. Giannis was uh, a tick over 38. So there's your big three. We know that they're going to be playing high 30s again this year. Then you had Pete Tucker, Brooke Lopez, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, and Bryn Forbes are basically, that's basically the eight guys that played. And we know that Bryn Forbes fell out of the rotation certainly late, but he still appeared in 20 of the, I believe it's 23 games that they played. So those are the eight guys that played. And last night we rattled off 11 guys. Now, I think that the easiest way to look at this, and of course, someone like Jeff Teague was the ninth player who played in 16 games, seven minutes per game, whatever. But I think the biggest thing for me when I look at the roster for last year's postseason. And when you just look at it straight in front of you, keeping in mind that Dante DiVincenzo was obviously cut out of this a little bit earlier, but you look at the names, Jeff Teague, rookie Jordan Wara, Mamadi Diakite, Elijah Bryant, Sam Merrill, Thanasis, Justin Jackson, and Axel Tupan. They had very little depth last year, Camille. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're not exaggerating with that. And it's one of those things, um, we were talking about this on, uh, tech file this week where Eric made a comment about how uh, he, he felt the Bucks had to take away some of Bud's options so that he was forced to play some of the right. better players more often. Um, and, and now this year he's a championship coach and he has, as you mentioned, 11 guys who could get some playoff tick. So at this point, what it really comes down to is one, as long as the big three are playing those high thirties, you know, low forties, 
that was my biggest gripe in the bubble where it's like, if you want to be switching out some of these, you know, role players and the other guys on the team, that's fine. But there's no reason that Giannis should only play 34 minutes, whatever the case may be. As long that's the first thing I want to say, as long as the big three is getting those high minutes, I'm pretty, I feel pretty comfortable about who else you, you fit around them, especially after seeing how they were able to win last year with, you know, you mentioned who really got rotation minutes and who else was on the bench, other options. So this year, you bring in Bobby back again. You got Pat again. I would say those two are probably your your big super, you know, bench players. Um, Brooks starting, you would assume. Grayson Allen has been starting, but I believe you and Frank mentioned it last night on Locked on Bucks that he might come off the bench in some series uh, just so that, you know, there, there's more defense out there. But you have the option. That's the thing I like. You have options here. You can, you can be a little bit more flexible depending on who you're playing because – if by some chance we get matched up with Cleveland, you know, in the first round and Jared Allen's back and, you know, they're doing their jumbo things, then you feel pretty good about having, you know, a plethora of bigs that you can throw out there because you can match size for size if you really wanted to. Um, you play a team like like Brooklyn, and we keep bringing up how we don't want to see Brooklyn in the first round, but it's a possibility we might. And in that situation, then you have a little, you have more wing players that you can throw out there to try to slow down Durant, try to slow down Kyrie. So I like the fact that we have more options. What worries me is that when it comes time to make the decision about which options are played, uh, the wrong option is thrown out there at the wrong time. Uh, I would like to say with 100% that I have given Bud the benefit of the doubt. I have full trust in him. But there's a little part of me that's still a little worried that now that he has even more options than he did last year, some of the rotations might get kind of wonky there. So I'm not exactly sure how that'll play out. If I had to pick, you know, who I think should be in the rotation, it would honestly depend on the matchup that we're getting ready to to go up against. I think it's been interesting, certainly this season as well, because maybe in the in the early days, like the 2018, 19, you could look at it and it was a little bit different. But I think progressively over time. If you look at the overall minutes, even in the regular season, Giannis and Chris and these guys are in the low 30s. But if you go back a couple of seasons ago, I mean, Giannis was barely cracking 30 minutes and and Chris and these guys. And a lot of that was because you're blowing teams out. But -hmm. I think we have seen now, even in regular season games where the Bucs are playing good teams, Giannis is playing 36, 37 minutes. So to your point, I think you're right. As long as those three guys are playing the major minutes, then I think it's totally fine. Uh, For me, I, I still just come back to, I think that there's eight locks in the rotation. Uh, with the, the five starters, as we know. And then uh, Pat, George Hill, I think he's going to play every night, yeah. and Bobby Porter. So they're the eight guys that I think are going to play every night. I probably would lean towards putting Wes Matthews in that group as well, and there's nine guys. And then, as we've kind of discussed, Javon Carter and Serge Barker are going to be there. And by the way, if those are the two guys, we spoke about last year when you went outside the eight players and it was a Jeff Teague. I don't think it's a bad thing that you rely on, that you, if you do need five minutes of Javon Carter, 10 minutes of Javon Carter, same with Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. I think you, I think you're feeling pretty good. As long as those guys continue uh, are happy and I see nothing from Javon Carter to make me think that he's not going to be pumped. He's as excited as anyone on the bench right now. Every time they're doing something, he looks yeah. like he's got one of the best attitudes you'll ever see. Uh, Serge Ibaka is a veteran. I'm sure that he would want to play. We'll see how that plays out, but I think it's just interesting to look at those rotation numbers so quickly. And I, I don't think we need to have a discussion about this, but that's that's just quickly. Let me quickly throw a question at you. Which player outside Giannis is the most important for the Bucs to win the title? 
Which can they least afford to lose? And by the way, when I say which can they least afford to lose, I've been on the record multiple times saying if they don't have any of the top four guys, they're not winning the title. So that, that's of course probably, that's probably where I sit. So a lot of Bucks fans, of course, we 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 understand the impact of Brooke Lopez. We we saw Giannis calling for him when he was out after the first couple of games, and he was getting his first taste of playing center more full time. And he's like, Brooke, buddy, need you back quickly. So yeah. that's understood. I feel like at this point. And I just I talked about Drew already. I gave him some some credit because I think what Drew has been able to do um, while still being a top perimeter defender and also giving you so much offensively to the point where in crunch time situations and the ball is in Drew's hands. I feel confident that it's going to be a good outcome that comes from it, whether he's going to make the play, he's going to, you know, do some post moves, get some razzle dazzle there and go up with something or he's going to make the right pass. I feel very confident in Drew. Um, And I just want to give Chris some love here because I think Chris is probably one of, I think I would say Chris Middleton is a guy that the Bucs can't afford to not have. Like we saw that the Bucs were able to blow out the Bulls last night without him. And that's a benefit of having somebody like Drew Holiday and Yasha DeCumpo on your team. They're able to step up and fill that void in that moment. And it just made me start thinking like, okay, we see Drew clicking. We see Giannis, who had a weird game against the Bulls with all those turnovers. But, you know, even a bad Giannis game, he's flirting with a triple-double at certain points in it. So and I'm not talking about with the turnovers. But uh, you look at what Chris can bring, and I started thinking, like, okay, you got all of this going on. And if you get Chris out there, too, like the options that you have are are massive. And what Chris is able to do offensively by creating his own shot, it's, it's a skill set that Giannis has definitely been working on. We know he can, you know, bully his way to the basket he's been working on that in between game a little bit more getting his post game a little bit a little bit sharper um hitting some of those middies we know he's not scared to shoot threes but to have somebody like chris middleton out there who's who's a bigger guy uh he might not be as known for defense as drew and for good reason but he's a big bot he's a bigger body six seven he can go out there and um as famous low uh, the social media guy calls him kd in the bucks jersey when chris is cooking it's a beautiful thing to see. And in the playoffs, as we know, everything slows down, half-court offense becomes more important, and at some point you just need somebody to go and get you a bucket. And Chris Middleton has proven that he can be that guy. So I would actually say it's Chris. I feel like him and Giannis are still like the dynamic duo there. Him, Giannis, and Drew are the big three. But Chris Middleton is extremely important to what this Bucks team can achieve. Agree. I don't even need to add anything. Late game offense, I think Chris is the guy. Again, if you're losing any of those players, I don't like their chances of winning the title. But I, right, you know, right. in the in the postseason, you get in the half court, you need a guy with the size, the length that will actually wants to shoot over someone's hand and shoot right in their face. That's what you need. Chris Milton proved it all last year through, through the postseason. Before we move to Kyrie Irving, I just want to shout out Bonnie Olsen. Now, I, I'm... You know, I don't think Bonnie Olsen is listening to the Locked On Bucks podcast, but Milwaukee did announce that she is going to be the public address announcer for Thursday's game against Washington, which is coming up tonight. That's a 7 p.m. tip at Fiserv Forum. The first female public address announcer in the Bucks history. Uh, oh, wow. This is this is a part of uh, Women's History Month. So uh, those that listen to the podcast know I'm not a big uh, college sports fan, but Bonnie has been doing the PA announcing for... Wisconsin's women's basketball, volleyball, and softball teams. And has been doing it for around 24 years. So she's an absolute pro. Uh, but this will be a different sound when we're watching this Bucks uh, wizards game tomorrow. But I think it's very cool. So shout out 
to Bonnie. And shout out to Bet Online as well, our friends of the podcast. It is college basketball season, and Bet Online has you covered for all the odds, contests, and player props. Uh, they've also got NBA, they've got baseball, uh, they've got everything you need. Now, uh, going back to yesterday's game against the Chicago Bulls, uh, the Bucks actually went into that game as eight point favorites. And when I was looking at that line on Bet Online, I thought, this is, I feel like this is a bit much. Without Chris Middleton, I was probably giving the Bulls a bit more respect. Uh, then ultimately, at the end of the day, that they probably deserved in this individual matchup. But eight points, if you got on the box at betonline.net, then you would have been in a really, really good spot to make some cash. So before this Wizards game, go to betonline.net and check out, again, all the odds, player props, everything you can find over there. And uh, we know that baseball season is not far away here as well, so you can get everything you need with baseball and also your favorite Vegas casino games. So just head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action that's been online where the game is done. So the big news that dropped just before we started this podcast, Camille Kyrie Irving is going to be playing on the weekend. Count me as shocked that Kyrie Irving <laughs> is now allowed to play at home right on the eve of the playoffs. And right on the eve of the MLB season, starting with Aaron Judge and all the guys that have been uh, mm-hmm. causing a bit of a scene in regards to the vaccine stuff. So Kyrie Irving is going to be playing this weekend. I kind of assumed that this was going to be case going to be the case for a long time. So I wouldn't say that I'm absolutely shocked by this. Uh, but again, as we look at it right now, the Bucks in the two seed, uh, they would play the winner of the seven eight playing game, which means that they could have a first round series against the Brooklyn Nets. So it's obviously very relevant to what the Bucks are doing. We've discussed it a lot. We've discussed dodging teams. So I don't think uh, we need to go into that in too much detail here. But when you look at it, the Bucks half a game up on Philadelphia, half a game up on Boston. And Boston is, I think without doubt, the hot team in the East yeah. right now. So it's going to be fascinating to see. I, I'm always someone that subscribes to the theory, just win, get into the playoffs, keep winning, feel good about yourself do everything you need to do. That's why I like the fact that the Bucs have this difficult schedule leading into the postseason. They have a matchup against Boston coming up here. And we'll see if there's any shenanigans uh, with the lineups uh, for that game, Camille. Yeah, I mean, we will see. The game against Boston is one of the last games we have this season, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's one of the last ones that we have. So by that point, you re- it's hard to say who will and who won't be playing. But given how close everything is, like, as of this recording, like the Bucks are two games back of first place, and then the 76ers and Celtics are both two and a half games back. I really feel like the top four teams that we have right now are probably going to finish as the top four teams in the East. Not sure of what that order will look like, but I think that those are the four teams that you'll see uh, finish in those spots. So I still think Miami is going to take that one seed to finish out, even though they had that baffling loss to the 76ers without Embiid and without Harden. Um, but I think that they'll still finish first. So really then you're looking at two, three, four between the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Celtics. And how is that going to finish? I'm in the same boat as you. I do not like trying to, to cheat odds and, and rest players strategically to lose games. If players need rest going into the playoffs, that's perfectly fine. I understand that. I'm good with that. I don't like messing with basketball karma, though, where, you know, you're you're deliberately trying to, to lose games. So as long as the Bucs keep trying to win and they're putting out lineups that make sense, you know, we just got to keep doing what we're doing and worry about whatever that first round matchup is when it is, because 
Does it seem like Canada is changing their COVID policies anytime soon? So that 7-8 matchup could be really interesting if Brooklyn has to travel to Toronto to play. It's that one game there for the seven seed. So it's a chance that, you know, Brooklyn could lose that game. And then I would bet money that they would win, you know, the next game against whoever's in that 9-10 seed. But again, it's one game. Weirder things have happened. We've seen Trey Young get hot if he was able to get in there. So it, we could be looking at a situation where Brooklyn doesn't make the playoffs at all, which feels really weird to say. And in my head, like I'm counting on Brooklyn to be there, but I just have to acknowledge the fact there is a chance that they don't make it. Um, them having Kyrie available at home games is helpful. So that would help with that next game against that 9-10 winner. But it's going to be fascinating and really fun to watch how that all shakes out here at the end. I'm, I'm, I've just been watching a lot of basketball. It's just been really fun. I love the play-in. I'm so glad that this is part of the league right now. So – it is going to be interesting here in the next couple of games. The Bucks have the Wizards probably today or tomorrow, depending on when uh, you're listening to this Thursday night, uh, local time anyway. And after the Wizards game, a game that you think the Bucks would like to win, particularly at home, mm-hmm. uh, they have three straight road games, and it's going to be damn good basketball. They got Memphis, they got Philadelphia, they got Brooklyn now with Kyrie Irving uh, at home as well. So that will change the dynamic of that game. But the point you made about the Raptors is is the most important one. Uh, I can't help but laugh to think if it is a Toronto and Brooklyn playing game because everyone in the East playoffs is going to be a big fan of the Toronto Raptors, except for Miami sitting in the number one seed, <laughs> thinking we do not want Brooklyn in the eighth seed. Please, Brooklyn, beat Toronto. Kevin Durant, drop 95 points if you have to. Whatever you do, do not let the Brooklyn Nets fall to the eighth seed. I said this a couple weeks ago. I think this is the best case scenario for everyone. No yeah. Curry Irving in that first playing game. And then it's a Miami-Brooklyn first-round series. That would be excellent. And uh, I, I think the, the other question now that Kyrie Irving is going to be there for every game on the run on the road to the postseason here from this weekend, uh, it, I guess it is possible that the Nets could could rattle off a whole bunch of wins and, uh, and um, you know, get up into that seventh seed. So we should say, yes, it's going to be a difficult game for the Bucs in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Beat the Nets. Do yourself a favor, Bucks, and uh, and let's see if we're, the Nets will get this road playing game. But let's leave it there. Bucks and Wizards will be back after that game uh, to wrap that up to head into the weekend. But it's going to be very interesting with around ten games to go until the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening, Camille. I appreciate you. Definitely love being here. All right. Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast as well, the national podcast on the network. After you're done with Locked On Bucks, of course. And for Camille and myself, we'll catch you guys after Bucks Wizards.